0: Hey Santa Claus you c*****! Where's me fucking bike? I've unwrapped all this other junk and there's nothing that I like!
1: Samo and Redman are the thong slappers. They're two blokes making lots of noise but getting nowhere fast. G'day folks and ho 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 to you Redmond, here you go mate, welcome to our Christmas episode of The Thonks Lovers, episode 24, what's happening?
0: Christmas, Simon, you've just made some millennials cry, it's non-religious specific holiday, come on, you can't call oh. it, are you trying to hurt everyone's feelings, what the fuck, it's just a holiday
1: Happy holidays then to all the people who just can't be normal and let everyone else get on with their lives and enjoy themselves. Uh, That's not religiously based, of course. That's talking about people who just have to make mountains out of molehills.
0: So, Redmond,
1: how are you going today?
0: Yeah, uh, very good, mate. It's very hot. I'm as moist as... There's a $27 mud cake. Man, it's so... I'm in my shed because we've got family here, so I'm out here doing the the recording Uh, from the podcast or shed, but it's hot. What what is it with food this time of year before Christmas? I hate all the pre-Christmas food. It's all crap.
1: Look, I guess they just kind of roll out all the specials, you know? Like once hot cross buns start on whatever that is, 26th of December, as soon as (laughs) Easter's done, they start rolling out the Christmas food. It just goes from one event to the next. I think it's pretty much how it rolls, isn't it?
0: I like all the post-Christmas food, you know, like after Christmas Day, you get ham, cheese and tomato toast and sandwich. you get your chicken and gravy rolls, all the stuff, but before it, everybody says, oh, peanuts and fucking crap and lollies and shit. Eggnog. Yeah. What the yep. f- uh, it makes me want to fucking, at least smoke some weed or something so I could enjoy it.
1: <laughs> well, at least you get the munchies, you might actually feel like eating it more then. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the go. It's hey, good. quick sidebar, sorry, quick sidebar, are you using your microphone or are you just flying solo?
0: No, I've got the microphone and my
1: pipe. Oh, okay, it. no, it does. It sounds better, eh? Right. Hopefully this is going to make a... Now that my computer can actually handle all this, yeah, hopefully it works out pretty well.
0: What I'd like to do is put together... If we knew how to edit a video this, I'd like to... We're up to episode 23 now, is that correct? 24. 24. Well, incorrect, 24. I'd like to film us trying to actually do the internet connection that uh, once every uh, fortnight. Man, the same thing happens. I can't set Skype up. Your computer crashes. Mine crashes. My phone turns to shit. Somebody rings. Every single time, it's just a fucking challenge.
1: It's a fucking debacle, let's be honest. But we rise to the challenge, mate, every time.
0: I think we so, need we, we need somebody, one of them old school guys like maybe Gus or somebody that can I get a Gus, can put a four barrel holly onto our laptop or something that we can understand. You know, some points, you know? Something like yeah. that that we more along our line.
1: That would be the go. Hey, um, speaking of Christmas, you got any big plans, mate? Are you gonna be masturbating in VCs like you did last year or what do you got on the go this year?
0: Last at Christmas last year I fell asleep at the table at eleven AM. Fuck I was popular. <laughs> really? I put a on yeah, I was fucking king Redmond I was fucking popular.
1: Were you like were you pissed or were you full like eating too much or was it a combination of both?
0: By eleven AM I had not had a mouthful of food. Nothing. Nothing. nothing <laughs> oh. just get up. But see you've got immunity, you've got husband immunity. You get up, straight in or be it's Christmas. Oh, yeah, fucking, fucking. <laughs> <laughs> so now, hey, look, we've been getting into Christmas a bit We've got our stuff set up, we've done a burnout For the 4,000 plus moots out there Hey, welcome back to Australia's first and only dedicated Streetcar podcast to all you people that listen to you Thank you very much And for those that yes. don't listen, who gives a fuck about you Because you won't hear this, you fucking wankers
1: <laughs> Plenty of Christmas cheer Coming from you today, mate Hey, um, good thing about episode 24 This also marks a couple of things Which I was going to mention a little later But I'm going to talk about now Do you realise that the fact that we're going to be reviewing the January 2019 Whopper issue of Street Machine magazine—that actually marks, by the magazine anyway, it marks us doing a year of this podcast. Oh, that wow. was I the issue think. we, yeah, yeah, uh, that's the issue we started with for episode one. Was the uh, January 2018? So that's pretty cool. I think that's probably can give ourselves a pat on the back for actually, you know, getting through the fucking minefield head fuck that is technology and getting 24 podcast episodes actually out to people and on a reasonable reasonably good time scale so anyway we'll see how we go
0: it's a uh, number 24 too well, i'll just touch on that. It's brett Medcalf, great australian motocross rider racing american stuff so yeah just that's a lucky number in motocross if you're brett Medcalf, number 24
1: oh g'day brett i'm sure he's listening to us as well hey um be. <laughs> couple of bits of housekeeping I just wanted to finish off before we get into 1994, our chosen grunge uh, year that you decided upon. Now, a couple of things from the last last episode I just want to clear up, or things I actually had to come back to as kind of like little bits of homework. I mentioned Gas 69, its real name was something completely different, and I actually went back and I had a look. Gas 69 was actually named Midnight Maniac. That was its original name, but of course, it's never really been called that apart from its Street Machine feature back in 86. And secondly, you know something that you got me thinking about when I was actually listening back and doing the edit on episode 23 and was um, you said to me about how the um, Street Machine magazine from 1988, which had Ivan Hands, LJ Tirana on the cover. Was that the one? Was that uh, Animal Axe? Yes. Was that yes. the cover? That was the name on the cover? Yeah. You were saying it's one of your favourite magazine covers of all time and it actually got me thinking about what I would kind of consider my favourite magazine or one of my favourite magazine covers of all time and I've actually found it, right? Wow. It was yeah. actually issue 6 of Super Street magazine. I think this came out maybe 87 or 88, I can't quite remember. Anyway, I'll post a picture on their Instagram, of course, but the, the front cover of a Super Street magazine, it's got Tony Pimblot's HJ 2 Monaro. It's like a kind of like a darkish metallic blue colour, it's got a full grill. As in, the, you know, when they join two Holden because yep. it's like an HJ it, yeah. front. Yeah, two grills with a little Statesman bottom piece together, quarter bumpers. It's got a T-top sunroof, and it's got a... The thing that will probably make people recognize it, it's got a cross-ram intake on it, and it's doing a massive burnout from the Street Machine Nationals burnout competition. It's actually got... Uh, that that fills, basically, the front cover. It's a front view of that HJ Monaro doing the world's hugest burnout, and you can just see the two. It's got, like, um... Oh, I can't remember if they call called Cal Custom... I can't remember what the name of the air scoops were. I'll dig it up and add some homework for next episode. But it's got the twin scoops side by side on the cover doing a massive burnout. So that's kind of up there for me. And there's obviously other covers that I come across. I think, man, I just remember that cover. But something about that Super Street cover has just ingrained itself in my brain for all time. So are you familiar with that cover?
0: No, because I'm not familiar with that magazine, to be honest. But Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, first up was have a look. How how good have some of the covers been uh, uh, this year? We've got that, you know, the LJ or the LC was it the six shooter? Yes, yeah, we've, we've had yeah. The, the EH, we've had the XB, the horn flakes.
1: Yeah, that's right. The white one. That's it's, it's, super cool. That
0: it's, one. It's been yeah. and it's funny that you mentioned the the uh, quarter bumpers. It's funny yeah. how that we can be influenced. I remember that we all had Geminis like the the chrome bumper grills drive Gemini's, and when all the Terranas had the quarter bumpers and the big grills, we all done it to our Gemini's. I mean, we were apprentices with retreads. I don't know four or five of us, I guess, right, if you're listening, a few of the guys painted our bonnets black, painted the front grills black, and quartered up our bumpers. I mean, you do get influenced by watching the magazine, I think,
1: Oh, most definitely, and and that's the kind of thing, if you couldn't afford to have yourself like a V8 Holden, whether it be a Monaro or a Ute or some sort of HA panel van, which traditionally ran the full grills. You kind of do something similar just with your own car to sort of st- still feel like you're in that scene. Look, I'm fully guilty as charged with that sort of stuff. Like that mini I used to have as basically my first road-going registered car. Perfect example of that. I love 60s customs and custom grills and all the chew grills and stuff they were doing. I actually got a Morris 1100 grill. Do you remember Morris 1100s? Yeah, of course. Those, yeah, yeah. kind of like a yeah, yeah kind of like a small version smaller version of an Austin 1800 and then they had the Morris Nomad which was like an 1100 with a 1500 engine. Anyway I actually learned to drive in a Morris 1100 and this same particular car I ended up getting the grill out of it and cutting it down to suit the Mini so it had like a smooth kind of like a tube grill effect but later on in the life of that vehicle this is when uh, Howard Astle's Rock 3 was really popular, blue with the graphics, the, or the Aqua, sorry, with the graphics up the side. I actually made graphics similar to Rock 3 on a smaller scale, of course, made graphics out of school book contact and stuck them on the car. So, you know, because that was what was kind of really popular at the time. So I had these, like, graphics going up the side of my Mini when I was about, you know, 17 or 18 just to try and feel like I was sort of up with the Joneses with it, I suppose. Well, I,
0: so. think, I think it's something that you've held on to. I've seen a few uh, posts you've done in bits and pieces with your grills, and it's also an interesting subject for me. You know, your grills, you like to do a grill on a car. That's something yeah. that, you've, yep. that you've probably bought kicking and screaming to modern day. was people... You know, you can modify your grill and it's a, uh, it's a really, well, obviously you've got the, is it a Trans Am front end on Disturbia?
1: Yeah, yeah. But it uses some modified XB grills to get the honeycomb to kind of give it that sort of 70s look as well using what was available at the time.
0: It's definitely, it's definitely a timestamp in our hobby. Uh, The grill, custom grills and bits and pieces, like even, I've spoken a lot about it, the Chevy badge on or whatever, but people doing custom grills, I think it's, we don't see enough of, well, sorry, I don't see enough of it, you know, it's cool. And it's something you can do at home, and you can you can do it with really basic tools.
1: Oh, look, most That's, that's why I haven't done it. <laughs> yes, well, I kind of did put a statesman front on your
0: VK that time, but... That's what got I me thinking about it. That was how close that fucking thing got to fitting. That's frightening. But
1: the scary part is, too, it actually looked pretty good. Like, as much as it was supposed to just be a piss take, it actually didn't look that bad. Like, if you fitted it properly, it actually didn't look too bad, mate.
0: And it would be, be good to do it just to rock up to a car show. I'm like, I'd have to wear my fucking boxing
1: gloves. <laughs> don't you have some hanging from the rear view mirror? Isn't
0: that what they make you have in orphanages so you don't masturbate? Don't they put boxing gloves
1: on you? I don't know, mate. I never went to one. No, don't know about it. Never thought about an orphanage while anything like that was ever happening. <laughs>
0: okay. So, can't We're help so you. we so busy on the clap,
1: clap for that. Listen, um, just while I'm sort of doing the, uh, the catch-ups, I just want to read out a quick bit of feedback too. Now... This has come through from our Instagram account at the Thong Slappers. It's from a well, I don't know the guy's name, but his Instagram handle is Holdens, And funnily enough, he actually posts a shitload of fbekholdens. Holdens, so he's obviously a fan. Yeah, so.
0: more power to him, man.
1: Yeah. So look for the for the sake, I actually did message him as you would have seen. And I said, "Oh, mate, hey, what's your first name? Just I want to talk about some feedback." He never got back to me, so I was going to call him, like, Phoebe,
0: F-B-E-K.
1: Does that work? Gary Phoebe. G'day, champs. Each podcast I listen to, I find myself nodding in agreement at the subjects, almost as if I'm having the conversations with you. When I hear about cars with things you guys chat about... If I see them, I'll get some photos for you, like the SV88VL, those plastic bull bars cars had in the 80s, pop-up sunroofs and hearse shifters. And he actually, he has actually done that for us, and we've posted a few of those on our Instagram as well. It's nice to have all those extra sets of eyes helping us take photos, so thanks for that, everyone. It's a great podcast, and love the way that you guys mention us and like us to send in emails and chat to you about what's happening in the car scene and uh, responding and retelling our yarns. Well, that's a pleasure, mate. We like doing all that sort of stuff. And at the end of the day, we just love cars and we love talking to people about cars. And there's nothing that gets me more interested than talking to someone else about how passionate they are for their cars. And that's like what we're running. You know, we just finished our cars in the cradle competition and, you know, we had some good entries for that, hey really good entries and yeah very tough for our judges to actually come up with a, a winner for that i don't envy their position so on that i mean we've got some we've got some great people judging for us we've got of course shannon with the green escort we've got uh, damien Lowe, uh, as in chubby from Lowe fabrications and also mark happy williams so the people we've got judging this competition come from good stock and they're people with a lot of experience in the car industry so you know i don't envy their tasks because we've had some fantastic entries mate
0: it's, it's incredible that people not only got behind it, but the cars that have come in, the cars that are suitable to it as well, it's... Oh, yeah, that? Somebody drove past the Harley. Hey, it was so much fun for me as well, so I'm our people owner. I can't believe how perfect the cars fit our... Uh, fit our genre if i can use that word they really fitted us perfectly and suited thanks to everybody who put in the entry we had so much fun we've had fun with our uh, shannon mark and chubby and you and myself and, and the entrance it's i'm hyped up sorry but it's, it's been so much fun with the people and i've also shot a few sneaky texts to uh like brett abraham a you hey hey look at this for an entry or whatever and they're like yeah man this that and the other so it's it's been a lot of fun i think what we'll do uh, we spoke about a the time over with our if, if you win a contest on the Thong Slappers, we may actually involve you as the judges in the next one as well. There will be another contest uh, we're doing straight after this one. It'll yeah, be, yeah. But yeah, I think one of the prizes could also be to be a judge in our next one because, you know, you, you, you've got with it. You've, you've understood what we're on about. and uh, I think the main thing is just actually having a go and, and sending us stuff and having a yarn and just, you know, that's what we really enjoy.
1: Look, I think so. And I think the other thing is too that just due to the quality of the entrance and the fact that people have got into it really gone to some effort to send us stuff, even if you don't win Mate, we'll flick everyone who's entered. We'll flick them a magazine in the mail. Uh, recently, we were really lucky to be, I guess, I'm not going to say gifted, because you know I fucking hate that word. But um, Gary Johnston, a, a moot up in Mackay, he actually gave us a whole swag of old school street machines. So I'm talking like three or four boxes. You know, he was willing to donate to the cause to help spread the love of, of old school magazines. So cheers to that, Gary. It was actually really good meeting him in person too. It's like I'd known him all my life. We were chatting for about an hour nonstop, and he's just like us and like a lot of the people we deal with come up from a certain generation just love cars love this love that appreciate all sorts of cars whether it's something that's restored or something that's highly modified he doesn't care there's no genre he doesn't sort of get into or like to the point he was actually teaching me stuff about old school land cruises because he happened to have a couple Land cruisers in the yard as in like real early 60s stuff which you know i know nothing about land cruises but I, I know that that was really interesting and pointed out some styling features that stuff that'll stick in my mind for a long time so what i'm actually getting to after all that is we're going to send out some uh, magazines to people who actually entered the competition so you know if you didn't quite come up trumps in the first place we still appreciate your effort and if everyone who entered can send us their uh, mailing addresses their um, address details we'll flick them into the post for you guys and the early new year
0: yeah um, i'll probably just sell them addresses straight to a third party in india for money
1: well that's the other option i guess they'll help cover postage anyway
0: hey um that is true i just wanted to say if anybody has got a heap of old particularly street machine magazines I and mean, we don't need anything off anybody but if you wanted to re-life them all or have them do something useful just send us a message and uh we'll take them off hands but we will also give them away we'll, we'll just spread them around a bit if, if they're a pain at your place you want to get rid of them let us know and we'll uh, we'll sort them out same with that yeah i was talking to sure. tim barnett you'll see he's uh, he does he's the car cover guy It does them awesome
1: oh shows. how awesome are
0: those car cover shots I love very it. fucking good but i, I rang him yesterday morning so i'm just fucking bored or whatever so i had to be gone for about an hour and a half and he goes Fuck! It's funny how this whole Instagram thing works, you know. Like it's, it's like you've known people, you know, for years, or whatever. It's car, I think it's more cars than Instagram that does it. You can start talking about cars, and, and that's it. I was uh, the boilermaker and I on a night nice shift the other night. We went down to the pit and we're doing a job, and we drive down to the pit. and He mentions, "Oh, I've got a 2004 Xr8." <laughs> that's it. Well, that was done, mate. Him and I just yarned and yawned. I convinced him to put a shaker on it. <laughs> Well, why
1: not? It's like fully, you know, it's like giving the thumbs up to the old school, isn't it?
0: Well, a lot of that, some of that, what is it, the BBGT or the FBGT, they do have shakers, but that's one thing the Ford guys have got, man, a shaker looks awesome, on I mean, anything from a Cortina. Actually, they look good on a, a VK Commodore, I reckon, as well, but I, re- I reckon shakers are real Australian, like a twin pop-up sunroof, they're a real you know, custom Grilla cut bumpers. They're, they're something that we really own and identify with and something that I always love. It's fair enough to see them on another restored GHO Falcon, but it's cool when you see one on a Cortina or um, a VK or... Uh, uh, what was that one? HG Brougham. It,
1: it, it, it was... Yeah, HG brom That uh, was super cool. I was going to... When you started talking Shaker, that's the first car I thought of. That was the pics I think we got from the Round Man. And I think it was a Round Man. Anyway, I'll correct that if I have to, but... That was actually awesome, that thing. It was like a really cool metallic turquoise type colour, really low Chev Chevrolet wheels, and had a shaker. And it suited, it. and to me, it just looked like old-school street machine. So I personally don't have a problem with that whatsoever.
0: Yeah, I love, love shakers. When uh, we put a, a clutch in my cousin's XY GT clone, sitting at the lights or whatever, and it's hot in town, you know, it's like... Got the little quarter window open, it's got the twin plate clutch, it's got manual steering, and it's as hot as fuck, and the, and the guy pulls up beside us and he's got like V eight E number plates in the Evo. <laughs> I'm sitting there and listening <laughs> with a wild camping or whatever. <laughs> the lights change and he just went he was gourmet cool, man. The thing was sneezing and farting or whatever and it 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 had changed three years before I even got the fucking clutch out, but I just looked at the old shaker and went, Yeah.
1: You used the... to win in the cool stakes, yeah, no question.
0: Oh. Fuck, it was hot, man, but um no, just <laughs> that sucks when someone pulls up next and they got V8 e number plate. Somebody might even know that car in towns or whatever, but yeah, he just smoked for three years. The thing was gone.
1: <laughs> oh, that's annoying and
0: cool all at once, isn't it? I oh, just been under that Falcon all day, putting the clutch. You know how heavy them top loaders are? I do.
1: Yeah, big time. Yeah, not uh, the go. Uh, not the go. And oh, we've got a bit of domestic bliss to talk about as far as, like, doing heavy shit on the ground as well later. It's just yeah, I don't know, I'm just not capable physically of doing that anymore, I think.
0: What about when you were saying you used to roll under on your creeper, put your auto onto your chest and then roll out creeper and all fuck that made me giggle.
1: Well the thing was, you're just always under the pump, always in a hurry, especially when you're trying to get a car done to go racing or do something you need to do. And you just don't give a fuck about the consequences. It's probably why my back is so rooted this you know, these days. Is from all the dumb shit I used to do under cars as a young guy. You know, all the you know, just Trying to, like, jamming your hand down next to a boiling hot exhaust and feeling your skin melting to the bone, but having to get the nut done up so you can either get back on the road or do whatever you're doing. Just stupidity. Hey, but, well,
0: well speaking, oh, speaking of that, speaking of stupidity with cars, if you guys like to jump on have a listen to the 60, download the one that's called Iron Knob.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's it. Oh, we'll have a few of those coming up, too, for the new year as well, so some extras, but... Mate, cracking on to 1994. Now, we're going to just do a little bit of a uh, a brooch on a few bits and pieces about 1994, but we'll do a lot to do with the cars and stuff in the next episode. But I guess it's the little... Wrap up for 1994, just get you in the mood, Paul Keating was our Prime Minister, and as far as Queensland goes, Wayne Goss was our Premier. Do you remember him? Yeah, didn't Wayne, he had, yeah,
0: didn't he have a, a falcon, Tiddor falcon, green thing, was that John?
1: <laughs> we wish the state to be a lot better if he did.
0: Uh, a bloke
1: called David Crane, he actually fired two blanks for Prince Charles in 1994, like, as in from a gun, by the way, and um, Christopher Scase, he was arrested in Spain. Remember Scasey? That's the kind of shit we're talking about. That's the <laughs> era. What's that? Uh,
0: No, the two blanks from were actually from a gun. Yeah,
1: no. um... They were from a gun. Yeah, he did fire two blanks at Prince Charles, but they were from a gun. Yeah, so just wanted to clarify that in case anyone was getting a bit worried. Pop culture-wise, like movies and that sort of shit, it was pretty massive for Australian cinema that year, 1994. Muriel's Wedding, The Sum of Us, Sirens. You Remember Sirens? Did you ever see that?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I knew you'd be thinking the same thing as me. <laughs> yep, awesome stuff. And Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. So, four massive movies. It all did pretty well overseas as well. And like The Summer of Us with Jack Thompson and... Oh, what's that guy's name? Russell Crowe. That was a pretty funny movie. That's actually a great they, film.
0: Perfect, great.
1: Yeah, big time. And as far as, I guess, TV goes. Now, you're going to be a little devastated by this, but A Country Practice, they'd, they'd finished up in... I think it was 93, A Country Practice, your favourite show. Damn it. Esme Watson, you had the hots for. And that actually came back. They tried to revive that on Channel 10 in 1994, but it failed. It just, yeah, it just didn't go over very well. So that was canned. Um, as far as US TV goes, Friends started. The first episodes of Friends were released 1994. And, of course, smack bang in the middle of the awesomeness. That was Tiffany Amber Thiessen on Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs>
0: Yes, Tori Spelling for me, thanks. I can't work out which Spice Girl I want to instead, though. No, not Spice Girl. Anyway, sorry.
1: (laughs) Hey, which Spice Girl do you think you are? Red Spice. Or if you had to choose a Spice Girl? Oh, of course. Of course. I thought it'd be Old Spice. (laughs) No, um... No. What's her name? What was what was the... Ginger ginger Spice, of course, it makes sense. I'll yeah, yeah. Ginger. So would she be your choice of Spice Girl if you had to choose one?
0: No, I've, I've told you before we spoke about this, I feel you can't put two gingers together, you can't do it. It's sexually incompatible. Oh, really? No, is it like can't. two...
1: Is it like repelling two poles of a magnet or something?
0: I think it's a planet looking after itself. Do you really want the spawn of two rangers?
1: Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think yeah.
0: it's, uh, the, the whole planet, yeah, it's, it's uh, not not prepared for it yet. So yeah, it,
1: it's and uh, doesn't do it for me. Yeah, I'm probably more of a scary spice sort of person, like a Mel B. I just love her voice, you know, like a ah that lost me baby, wait from Jimmy Greg. <laughs> like I just I just like her. I think the most of them. But um, moving on, movie wise, Forrest Gump. As in, we're talking like American movies now. Forrest Gump, The Shawshank Redemption, Dumb and Dumber. Pulp Fiction, all massive movies and all great movies, like all of my favourites list. And the thing is, they're totally different types of movies as well. You look at, you know, what there is there. And, like, Pulp Fiction's got some of the best one-liners ever in the history of movies in the entire world from day dot.
0: It's, it's so interesting because it doesn't really have a story either. It's like just – it's Seinfeld. It's like that – it doesn't have an overriding story. It's just a few little pieces of fiction, like, you know, the boxer that throws a fight. What's in the briefcase? Who really knows, you know? I really like the way that... It's system. his soul.
1: It it's was the- his soul, wasn't
0: it? It's Really?
1: Yeah, that wasn't it the soul of Marcellus Wallace? That's why he's got the band-aid on the back of his neck, because apparently if you sell your soul to the devil, that's where it gets drawn out of your body, is through the back of your neck.
0: Is that from Robert Johnson?
1: Oh, fuck if I know. Someone just told me that once, uh, and I'm, oh, well, I, I, I didn't read it on the internet, so it must be true.
0: Well, uh, sorry to go on about um, orangas again, but... Obviously you know I don't have a soul. I'm one soul short.
1: Oh, I thought you were the R soul. Gingers
0: don't have a soul, according to oh. Eric Cartman.
1: <laughs> okay. Oh well fair enough. Yeah, well that's gotta be true.
0: I do like Pulp no Fiction, way. I think it's real it is really good the way Tarantino it's it's important. It's your storytelling is more important than your subject. Like I say, if your observation's good, your writing's good. It's not your writing that has to be good, it's your observation.
1: Yeah, that's a really good point, you know, and I, I think the thing with that is, for me, it's probably Samuel L. Jackson's standout role of his career, like the stuff that comes together the way he, he, you know, look, I don't normally like his acting, I find him a bit, I don't know what to call it, almost... Not, I'm not going to say fake, but it just sounds a bit red, but he was great in Pulp Fiction, no question. Him and John Travolta, they just worked really well together in that, and that, of course, was a bit of a comeback movie for Travolta as well.
0: Oh, he's brilliant, um, brilliant J.C., so he's had more art Big than time.
1: Half <laughs> his luck was close. Now,
0: see, so he, he danced with Uma Thurman in that film, and uh, the director yeah. got him back And What was the other film that he did? Get Shorty, is it?
1: Possibly, yeah. we're gonna
0: use any excuse we need to do. let's write the script. It's interesting with script writers, uh, particularly from television. I think you mentioned friends earlier, whatever. I think the script writers in television have come so so far. Watching the Sopranos one day and uh, one of the one of the main characters walks in, he's got a fishing hat on.
1: Yeah. I mean that yeah. this
0: is a mob in New York. So you know that the writers, the script writers are sitting around going, If you can write a fishing hat into this scene, I'll share a steak dinner. <laughs>
1: We might as well have some fun at the same time, hey? Yes yeah,
0: so, and, and they've done it. That's when you see uh, some of the script writers in television particularly see something that doesn't fit and they manage to massage it and get in there and go, fucking done, it's your shout for Hennessy. <laughs> nice. Hey, uh,
1: 1994, do you have some Vice Versa action for me, mate?
0: Yes, yeah, so I have got some, but just one last thing. I did challenge you once to write Eager Beaver into a piece in Street Machine. You haven't paid that yet.
1: Ooh. Mainly because I forgot all about it, so...
0: That's the challenge. Can, just... can you write Eager Beaver? We're not, we're not talking about spray painting.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, that's probably where I would actually try and put it in is through spray painting. No Eager Beaver here. This was actually painted in a booth in 2 pack I already got the line ready. I just need to find a car to apply it to. Am I restricted in where I can use it just as long as it gets published? Is that all it is?
0: No, you can use it wherever. you buy the power vested in fiction, you may use Eager okay. Beaver as you see fit.
1: Okay, no worries. Can do.
0: What's the What are we betting on it?
1: Oh, let me guess. I'll do a podcast episode with you.
0: Naked.
1: Well, I'm kind of almost that now. It's so nah, fucking at the I'm moment. I'm
0: talking about me. I'm
1: talking about fucking me. Oh, no, if it was to do with you, you'd want to just incorporate your penis in there somewhere, and that's probably not the go. It's tis the season to be jolly, but
0: not that kind of way. That ginger, that look, that ginger way. little fucking stub. Hey, Vice, hey, but <laughs> uh, 1994... You know what I yes. you know, you know you know want to bring back?
1: Okay, tell me. Joey, joey's red? Oh, is that because it's got your name on it, or yes. why? Is there any specific? Okay, right. It's
0: a great drop as well, but also fast fours and rotary magazine from the time out. And you know, I used to love them old school. I was talking to Jason Lowe a while ago, and we're really getting into the, the old four cylinders, Coronas, Coronas, ah, Coronas, Corolla, Salikas, Datsun sixteen hundreds, twelve hundreds, uh Chookers. Chook- yeah. cook so I want to bring back a, a couple of the Fast Falls and Rotary magazines. I think Brett Abraham might have a few of them that I'm trying to get out of him, but he's not keen.
1: Mate, funny you mention that. There's actually a couple of those in Gary's pile that he donated, so I'll flick them up to you and then you can pass them on to whoever else. So, like, as in, the real early girls. Like Sweet. episode oh, episodes, like issues two, three, four, that sort of thing.
0: Oh, that's so. pretty cool.
1: Yeah. And on that too, there's actually a Fast Falls and Rotaries Rotary Special magazine. It must be from the real early days. It'll probably be from, when did that magazine come out? Early 90s or yeah, something. That, that yeah, I used to buy it. From 1990?
0: About, yeah, I used to buy it
1: from
0: about 1990 to 98,
1: yeah. I think. Yeah. I got it for a few years yeah. when I had a Mini because that was really the only, uh, the only magazine that featured Minis as far as kind of hotted up Minis. And there was actually a mini once featured in Street Machine, which I'll have to dig up. It's a white one, had the um, air cleaner that's coming through the bonnet. Yeah, I'll have to dig that one up. That was very cool.
0: So, so that yeah. was The other like thing I remember early... from 94, you might might relate to this, you might not. Time Zone.
1: Yeah, I remember Time Zone. Yeah. You know, it's funny, St. Lucy and I, we still play like, um, oh shit, what's the name of that? Daytona. Yeah. We still play... Daytona and Sega Rally, I've actually got photos when we were on holidays recently and we went past one of those places and we thought, fuck, let's go and then we play some Daytona, you know, the we can have multi-drivers and stuff and we're just like smashing fuck out all the, all the, you know, Gen Y's trying to beat us. They, of course, we're using automatic, but we had it on manual shift so you can actually manual come into a corner... Mate, I actually use it to your advantage. Like, if you're coming up to a corner too hot, just jam the thing back up in first. It's not like... Seriously, it's not like you're going to blow the engine up or anything but It's just a video game. It's not like the old Atari dragster where you'd blow the motor. You just jam it back into first. It actually locks the ass up and then go straight to third and power back into it. And you can actually take the corners drifting. Okay. Serious. Okay. Next time I come to Townsville, we're going to go play Daytona. And I'm going to show you how to do it, and you'll just kick everybody's ass.
0: It's at the movie theaters. I think uh, uh, Suzuka. Remember Suzuka with the, yeah, the road bike? Yeah, motorbike. Yeah. So I'm going to get go it uh, on Time Zone, uh, on Thursdays, when I was, uh, I just finished 94. I'd, well, 94 I finished, it was my last year, so I was probably still a tradesman when I was living in Liverpool. I used to go on my yeah, B- okay. BMX on uh, Thursday nights because it was payday. Go over to Time Zone and put 20 bucks for that and get a big fruit salad and ice cream. It was awesome. And also, there's a Midas, used to be a Midas brakes with a hoist and everything um, on the side of Time Zone there. So I used to love get my BMX and actually ride around up and down on the hoist. Kind of thing. It, was, it was shut, it was like 9:10 o'clock at night, but that's what originally, you know, I really like riding through a city on a BMX. It's really good fun. I still do it, I still enjoy it.
1: Yeah, no, good stuff. I thought you were going to say you put your bike up on the hoist. I was going to say, <laughs> fuck, that's a bit of a no-mean feat. What did you do, like, change the air oil or something? <laughs>
0: uh, uh, brake oil, brake oil. But, uh, that was, oh. yeah, but um, take back to 94. Yeah. What I want to actually take back is some hand cleaner, some modern-day hair cleaner. Obviously, I was a truck mechanic in 94, and hand cleaner, unless it was Solvo or fucking turps, it wasn't very good.
1: No, you know... It was very similar in the early years of me doing my mechanical work, too. I used to use, like, um, laundry powder. Yeah,
0: laundry powder. Like, f- that's right. It
1: was better. It used to burn fuck out of any cuts or anything you had going on in your hands, if you had cuts or grazers or whatever. But you put laundry powder in there, and that as in, you know, if they're rough kind of, not a liquid, but an actual powder. Yeah. And, mate, it worked a treat. That would get your hands super clean, too, back in the day.
0: Well, the modern-day uh, hand cleaner is like voodoo, mate. You put it on, it just gets it, gets them perfectly clean. A couple of last things. Reline truck brake pads. Uh, sorry, Reline truck brake shoes. 4515Fs, the uh, trailer or truck relines. Man, yeah. I want to, you go going to buy them now. I've done a Reline a little while ago. But you go and they just sell you the whole shoes, Reline ready to go. No air chisel now, knocking them out, no rebuilding them. So, I'm going to take a shitload of uh, reline brake shoes and go, there you go, Redmond. You don't have to actually cut them apart anymore.
1: (laughs) That sounds like a good thing, too. It's like um, XF lower ball joints in the end. We used to just replace the entire control arms. It actually worked out not much more expensive to just go buy a complete control arm from Ford with the ball joints already on them than it was to sit there and chisel fuck out of them to get the old ones out and bolt the new ones in. Yeah,
0: that's right. Same with the VK suspension bush. Obviously, in 94, I was a fourth year, and I managed to get out of the caravan. I, I rented myself a little flat. So, I mean, I was eating lots of noodles and shit at the time, lots of missiles If I had have known back then what I know. Now, you know, now, today, I can cook beef wellington. I can cook oh, sheep. Oh, very exotic. I can cook shepherd's pie. I can cook, wow. I can cook uh, platted pork belly. But back, yeah. back then, I couldn't. So, the very last things I'm going to take back is some actually decent cooking. Fuck, man, I'm sick of I was sick of noodles and mess So, what would you do? Let me ask you your vice versa for 94, please,
1: sir. Okay, dokes. Now, first of all, now this is a bit of a different tangent, but this is kind of, it just rings in my mind. Okay, so I'm going to just sort of talk about this. This is a bit different to what you're going to expect. 1994, when I go back and I think to myself, what would I change about 1994? Okay, first of all, the one thing I'm not going to change is my 21st. I had the most amazingly awesome 21st birthday party at my parents' house. Shitloads of people, really good bunch of people. We had an awesome time. I just was really lucky and have been really fortunate to have, like, really good friends from a lot of different walks of life. And say, like, my work friends got on with my old school friends. Everyone had a great time. It was just a really good night. My parents were great people. Got into it. My sister's band played. It was just a great time. My mate Toby in his fair lane dropped the hugest <laughs> burnout out the front. There were these two two six five 265 marks, like 265 tyres. Dropped this massive burnout. And those marks were still there like a decade later. <laughs> you know? And it was just... It was a really good time. So definitely wouldn't change that. Um, one thing I probably would change. This is where it's going to get a bit off track to what we normally do. Man, 1994... I was kind of in a relationship with this girl and I just would not have wasted my time if I could go back and change anything. Look, you would have she's a, a great guy? chick. You would have went to a guy? No, definitely no, not. Sorry, yeah, no, not. Def- no, definitely not. No, it's just more the thing. You know the whole thing where in your heart of hearts you know it's not happening, she knows it's not happening and you guys just waste like two and a half years of your life together. I probably would go back and just go, you know what, there's no point having a girlfriend for the sake of having a girlfriend. And I'd probably, you know... I think we would have gone our separate ways way earlier it's the whole lost opportunities thing i'm sort of broaching on towards that anyway so there's a bit of advice for the young folk who listen to us on this show or even the older folk whatever you know if it's happening it's happening you know if it's not happening it's not happening don't waste your fucking time with people who don't deserve it next up if i was actually going to bring something back to now from 1994 that's a really easy answer for me my mate John Jones, I actually grew up with John, we were neighbours in the sort of early 80s, so this stage I've known him for over a decade, he had the coolest 1966 Pontiac Parisian, it was was like candy apple red colour, it had a 327 power glide, gear drive, it was just the most awesome cruiser in the world. And that car to me is like a symbol of good times. Like, we were always in that thing. We always had a shitload of people in it cruising around, like through Brisbane. You know, it's a great car. We go lapping on a Friday, Saturday night. We go out and come back out and go for a cruise or whatever. But we just had so many good times in that car. And he sold it probably by the oh shit, maybe about 97, 98. I'd go back to 94 and the cars just disappear to the face of the earth how the fuck are, uh, a Parisian like that disappears I don't know anyway it's disappeared off the face of the earth if I could go back I'd bring that car back and just quickly on that one really good memory I have of that car we were actually cruising through town there were six of us so three in the front three in the back you know guys and their girlfriends and whatever and we saw a couple of friends of ours another couple Walking on the side of the road, so we're having a quick chat to them. They said, "Oh, can you give us a lift to our car? It's like down over near the Botanical Gardens." No worries. Of course, you can put eight people in a Parisian. No worries. It's not, you know, they had no seat belts from the factory, so you just have four in the front, four in the back. No problems. <laughs> anyway, as we drive driving along, John says, "Hey, listen." He goes, "If you hear me say cops, make sure that one person in the front ducks and one person in the back ducks, just so they don't see there's eight people in the car." Okay? Yeah, no worries, mate. We'll do that. Anyway. We're about probably two blocks away from where he said that. And he goes, fuck, cops. All eight of us ducked, including John, who was fucking driving (laughs) the car. Ghosty, big
0: ghosty.
1: Mate, so this prison's gone past with, like, no one in it at all. It was like ghost ship. Anyway, of course, the police pulled us over, but they were cool as, mate. They were just like... they, And we told them the story. We said, oh, listen, we know we're doing the wrong thing, but he'd said... He'd said, look, if if you see police, say cops, make sure one person ducks. And then the cop said, but you, mate, you dropped two and you're driving. What's the go? (laughs) And it was just a good, it was a really good memory I have of that car and that time. And we still talk about that now. But talking about Johnny Jones, like, if you're listening, John, g'day, mate, I look forward to catching you again soon. We used to go to the Launton Power Nats. Now, in Brisbane in the 90s, there wasn't really a lot of events like there is now. The the two big hitters, of course, you had the Launton Power Nats, which is held at Launton on the Brisbane Northside, but you had the Brisbane Hot Road Show too. There weren't really a lot of other things to sort of look forward to on the car calendar. You had, of course, a lot of static shows, but there weren't a lot of shows with kind of driving events or anything like that. We were at the Launton Power Nats on the Saturday, so they do things like all the grass events like motor and spear spuds and this sort of stuff. And we're watching this motor cana. And they got a few toughies from the time doing their thing and, you know, they're hanging out and they're doing donuts in the grass. It was like, you know, it's a good time, a good laugh. This guy comes out in a Mazda 626, like those, uh, probably, I don't know, like maybe, were they mid to late 70s, the rear wheel drive yep. Mazda 626 sedans? Yeah,
0: 1800, yeah.
1: Yeah, four-cylinder, that's the ones. Yep. This guy's out there and the car's painted like a, it's like high-fill spray putty. It's kind of that browny, creamy, beigey colour. So it's flat as a tack. And it's just, it's just, there's no guide coat or anything on it, it's just spray putty, that's it. So it comes out, this guy's revving the piss out of this thing, but it's making no noise, because it has a standard exhaust and all the rest of it. And the thing with Johnny's a really quick-witted kind of guy, like really funny bloke. And you could hear the crowd yelling out bits and pieces, like yelling out stuff to this guy. And the guy's in the middle trying to do a donut. And this guy in the crowd yells out, hey mate, what's the secret to your polish? Because the car, obviously, is dull as shit. There's no gloss it So this guy's here to hey, mate, what's the secret to your polish? And Johnny Jones, as quick as lightning, yells out, he leaves it on. And the place just frigging erupted in laughter. And that's just one of my... F- yeah. So we used to have such a good time at those events. Oh, you know, cool. no responsibilities, nothing else you had to do except, you know, get up, go to work. It was nice and easy. But that pretty much wraps me up for Vice Versa for 94. So, yeah. Good memories, bad memories, bit of a mix of all. It can't all be um sunshine and lollipops, can it?
0: Well, the funny thing I think about your comments on about relationships in nine uh, sorry, relationships in ninety four, man, I was a fourth year apprentice truck mechanic in Western Sydney with the fucking Gemini three treads. If any woman had paid me any attention at all <laughs> that didn't wanna the only women that I was involved with back then romantically issued me invoices. <laughs> Well, How was oh, I nuts. going to date a woman? Do you want to fucking split a paddle pop? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you could have given some noodles, mate.
0: I Maybe your noodle. I beat me to it. Yeah, but um, that's just funny, yeah. no, But uh, yeah. vice versa is a great concept, and it's something that we really enjoy uh, doing here, guys. If, if you want to build a car to take back, or if you want to take something from... Uh, now, back to then, or something was better back then, just bring it up. Just DM us, have a chat about it. We really enjoy Vice versa. It's, it's a fun part of the thong slappers.
1: Yeah, and speaking of that too, how good were some of the responses we got to our running on empty festival or running on empty Vice Versus with a change of cars? To, We've still got a few to I roll out. To hey.
0: guys, Very sorry if anyone anyway, forgot yours. It's just because I'm retarded. It's not because I'm uh, ignorant or arrogant. <laughs> I'm just honestly, Simon, let them know I'm retarded. Say, so, so read your entire.
1: No, mate, no, we're both just busy. That's all it is. But we've got them lined up. I just didn't want to kind of saturate it too much with them, but we will get them out there. So well, I just hang ten. had so in. much
0: fun with it, though, weren't good,
1: Man, was and cars. really good, really good options, too, weren't there?
0: We had so much fun with that. We, we might do that for Mad Max one day. We might do it with, um, what's that, stupid little cars with the whizz bang lights under them? What's that film?
1: Um, oh, Fast and yes. Furious.
0: Maybe we, we should do that. Put some real cars in there. We'll be fucking. We'll get yeah. uh, we'll, we'll get Chris Chris in there and Rex Webster and shit will make that film fucking mad.
1: I just want to hear you do your um your voice you do for Vin Diesel again. That's all I'm waiting on. We'll look forward to doing that. <laughs> hey, before we get into Bible studies, which we gonna kinda, kinda promise from the start, I just wanna sow the seed for a few things about nine ninety four cars that we'll be talking about in the next episode. Have a think about these cars. Maybe do some Googling to refresh your memory if required. We'll be talking about these in episode 25. Okay, Brian Willis is at 7 Grand Champion HK Monaro, the green one. We also had David Dowling's SatNav FC sedan, the white one with all this computer whiz-bang stuff in it, with yes, SatNav right. and the number plates. Remember yes. that?
0: That's yep. got a pearl through it.
1: Exactly. Yeah, Pearl Necklace. Yep. There was also Mark Sanders Heat Seeker Minara, of course, Mark Sanders who built their cool LH tyrana we've spoken of a number yep. of times. Now oh, I'm really bad with names, so just I really apologize to anyone for the for the past and the future of this podcast. I apologize now for any names that I just totally fuck up. I'm going to say is it Frank Rigitano's or Frank Ritano's 1964 Corvette? It was the yellow one. Now, I should I should have done some googling. I actually meant to, but I have a feeling that was a smoddy winner for 1994. Uh what what you car? A 1964 Corvette, yes. it was yellow. Mate, I've got, do You
0: know I've the car? Magazine. Oh, it's, it's not far from here. Sorry. Oh, that's one of the ones I was looking at this morning. That that's, that's
1: unbelievable. I'm just actually doing a Google on that now. I don't know if it was 90 Oh. Okay, um,
0: that's one of the magazines. I had it out. was
1: actually it must have been 1995 because 1994 Colin Townsend's a wide body FJ that one Street Machine of the Year. Yeah, wow. Okay, you go. go. I'll
0: drag the magazine out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So pretty much we'll we'll get on and talk about some really cool cars and that. How cool is Colin Townsend's FJ?
0: Yes. Seriously. it's all F, FJ or FX. FJ. Yeah. Actually,
1: I've completely fucked that up. 1995 was Daryl Macbeth in his FJ Holden. It must be 1993. I am positive that Frank Regitano, I'm sure that his car. Oh, it was 1993. Sorry, my bad. Anyway, so we'll talk about whoever actually did with 94 being Colin Townsend as well. But always awesome cars, those ones. All three of the ones I just talked about were great. So.
0: We'll Bef- that, but. Before we bust into Bible studies, I've got a tiny bit more of 94. Do you want to do it or do you want to wipe it or what do you want to do? Yeah, Run? man,
1: just, just let it all hang out. It's all good.
0: Okay, so 1994 obviously uh, was the year I think I told you I got my magic carpet.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My
0: trade certificate. Something that I've noticed changed in workshops. I'm lucky to be of that age. I've done 27 years now in uh, workshops. Something that I've changed And There's no political comment on this at all. This is just something that I've seen. When I first started my apprenticeship, it was in a place that uh, was basically shut down every second week for a demarcation dispute. Do you remember what that was in uh, 19- ninety no. in the eighties? Right, they had this thing. You could only do your job. It was a union workshop, so you could only. The only job I could do was as a mechanic. I couldn't do any electrical work. I mean, as far as twelve volt electrical, any. Oh,
1: okay.
0: If I yeah. this is true, mate. If I wanted to jack a machine up, I needed a rigger. Yes, well, yeah. I was something that was really heavily demarcated. Blue Circle, Southern yeah, Spending okay. But then last year, I worked somewhere as labour hire. So I just think it's interesting in workshops to see that change. Neither I'm, I'm not making any comment, but I'm saying it's, it's a, a time that I've managed. I've, I've lived through that whole time from demarcation disputes yeah. to labour hire. So from one one full extreme to the other, and both have their certain roadblocks or whatever. And wow, one thing that's really changed in the trade around 1998, three, eight drive gear came in.
1: Yes, I, know, yeah. was, I still it, use that more than half inch now anyway, just on my own car. My first stuff. tools
0: I bought were half inch, and then Repco bought out this 3.8 kit in about 100 bucks. it wasn't, about 1997 or ninety eight, and uh, yeah. you know how you're running out of air leads all the time for uh, rattle gun and stuff now, it's all cordless stuff.
1: Yeah, so that's yeah, to, awesome too. I just wanted to mm.
0: make some comments around the, the workshop, you know, the, obviously a lot of mechanics listen to us, or a lot of mechanic enthusiasts, so I just wanted to make some comments around around that kind of stuff. Something funny happened. I was working somewhere last year, quite between the, you know, I think it was about 11 o'clock the first I've being, and we kind of were just tapping away, and it was a 10 bay workshop, so there's five bays each side, and somebody started the whole little whistle thing. Somebody went, you know, <laughs> so somebody in the next bay, you know, done the whistle back or whatever, then somebody done a little dog bark like a, <laughs> rup, 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 rup. so then somebody done a big, and so somebody <laughs> does a big dog bark, a <laughs> rup, 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 rup. so it made, it made me laugh. Somebody done the little yay yay yay, the little dog run away but then somebody's done the little dog bailing up and bailing the big dog and the big dog running away.
1: Oh, man. It was,
0: just, that, that, it was so much goofy fun. Stuff was eh? just the goofy stuff that happens on shift, you know.
1: But the thing is, you should just have a bit of a laugh. Work should be about having a bit of fun and having a laugh. And what it comes down to for me, right, and i I would say that most people would agree with this, and if not, so be it, no one wants to be at work. You're only at work because you have to be. So you might as well have the best time you possibly can while you're doing it. So
0: It's just some of, the, yeah. some, of some of that humour that I've picked up and some of that humour that I've, like, again, observed and report on is probably what I'd like to do. It's just that whole whistle thing. It's just funny, man. It's, you, you can't write that or you can't describe it in any kind. But when it happens, it's just like it's pretty fucking cool. Man. Just, it, it, yeah. just the to and fro, the ebb and tide of the workshop kind of thing. I'm sure a lot of guys out there know. You know and then somebody, actually, at the end of it, somebody made the owl noise, you know. And everyone like you're a fuckhead, it's dogs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what That's
1: so was funny, oh like, but- man! Speaking of like, when you think to yourself, "Okay, I don't know. Look, I know I'm supposed to grow up, but there's no way it's going to ever happen." And I've done this recently, and I'm 45, so I probably should fucking know better. Especially when I, I, I a total another subject I we'll have to talk about another time is. I compare my life at 45 to my father's life at 45. (laughs) Complete opposite ends of the spectrum, right? He's got a high-powered, high-paid job. He's fucking stressed the eyeballs. He's got two teenage kids, me being one, probably fucking giving him the shits. He's got no money for hobbies or shit like that, like no cars because he's paying like 18% interest on his home loan. And I just compare that and that generation, and I guess that generation were brought up in a lot of ways, like baby boomers post-war being used to not having a lot because that's what their parents endured through those times but i just compare like here i'm at 45 i'm doing a freaking podcast with you where we talk about dumb shit which is great don't get me wrong i've got bmx bikes i play around with stupid cars i laugh at my own farts and that's the point i was trying to make the other day have you done that where you're by yourself and you do a fart and you actually is that funny you laugh at it have you done
0: that? I farted and yawned at the same time the other day. Oh. Oh, man, it's getting an intake and exhaust mix. I farted; my whole head smelled like fart, man. It was horrible. I had to brush my fucking teeth. <laughs> no, I, I, I think you get right in the baby boomers. My mum like paid a house off at seventy percent interest during them, them high interest rates when Paul
1: yeah fucking tough going. But um yeah,
0: my grandfather obviously one generation back, they used to ride a horse to work or whatever you know he remembers bicycles coming to their town he's, he's passed away now i get a fucking jet to work and honestly a yeah, jet engine aircraft takes me to fucking work it's just incredible man it's uh I really, and I, mm. something i'm passionate about is the baby boomers man i really love that generation they are they will go down in history as our um, as our caesars as our as our no nah, they are a solid solid bunch of humans man they went through that fucking war
1: i think that baby boomers and generation x we're probably the two luckiest generations in a lot of ways because we've lived life without all this hyper technology like we have now like social media and all that stuff and mobile phones and blah 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 we've got to experience both sides of it whereas generations before the baby boomers wouldn't have got to experience the you know high tech age and i guess more so the later gen Y's and whatever they're up to now they never experienced life without all this shit like facebook has been around long enough that there's kids in high school now who don't know life without facebook well, as in that whole thing and you know it's funny a good mate of mine uh mick get a mick he was talking sort of something really interesting about the Ecker. you know they have the echo in queensland and yeah. brisbane every year you know he's talking about oh look he's taking his kids there and his kids are like i think maybe oh shit 12 and nine something like that and comparing the Eka to when he went there and how it's totally different, it's like a fraction of the size, they've got a fraction of this and a fraction of that. He said, I'm saying, I said, oh man, it was so much better than we had, we had this and we had that and it was all this over here and this over there and just sort of reminiscing about the Eka. and his, his son's like, well, I don't know what that was like because I wasn't alive. Like, And he sort of said, he goes, it really, it really made me think because how he's experiencing it is totally different to how i experienced it and how people before me would have and people since will and that's a really good point like he's got nothing to compare it to he's just comparing it to what he's experienced firsthand in his own life and that's you know so he's probably creating his own like his son's probably creating his own great memories from enjoying it for what it is he's got nothing to compare it against of it being better or worse
0: yeah, I think that's where car guys have got an advantage. We've proved that with, uh, well, sorry, everybody, all the woods have proved that with the uh, cars in the cradle thing, that in a generational experience, uh, obviously a different um, a different experience, but with cars, you know, my, my brother's had his two kids, he's, he's uh, well, three kids, but he's two boys that he's raised in the shed with the cars, and They they know who Larry Perkins is, you know, they know... So it is interesting. I think car, honestly, I think uh, the car culture, we do throw back to a, a generation before us as good as any other hobby ever will.
1: Yeah, no, that's a really good point, a very good point. Hey, um, on that, mate, we've been jibber-jabbing for about an hour. I think we might wrap this episode up and we might make um, our review of Street Machine magazine we might make that episode 24, part two. Yeah, with
0: Bathurst as well. So I've think? still got Bathurst 94 to do. Yeah, so we've got course. a shitload
1: yeah. of 94 to do properly anyway.
0: What I'd love to do, and um, we might, yeah, I agree. What I'd love to do, we might get people to DM us, maybe tell us, just tell us yes or no. I'd love to do a mega episode, like just a three-hour podcast. You know the phone calls you and I have, we'll just do a three-hour one. I know that's about 16 hours of editing to you, so that's a bit selfish, but... <laughs> i like to do a mega, a mega three-hour episode. My well, people can listen to it in 15-minute blocks. They can just fucking do it. Who gives a fuck? It is what it is. But um, yeah, I really yeah. think sometimes we get pretty deep. We go pretty deep on some of the issues, and I really like to pull the guts out of them and you know, just try and do a mega episode one day. You know, maybe the new year, maybe see, March, April, whenever.
1: Yeah, see, that's the beauty of just not having a plan, I think.
0: <laughs> Said nobody. So it's me. <laughs>
1: all right on that note we might wrap up episode 24 but we're going to be back with episode 24 part two which will be purely wholly and solely a big bible studies on the january 2019 street machine magazine so of course if you want to message us you can email us thongslappers at optusnet.com.au or direct message us on instagram uh we've got of course our always we have our thanks St. Lucy, Queen Deb, Simon Telford at Street Machine Magazine, you Redmond, everyone who gets on board and supports us. And uh, we'll also be announcing too, very early in the new year, we'll be announcing our winner of uh, Cars in the Cradle. And look, we've got a fantastic gift pack for the winner of that competition. And just while we're talking about that, I just want to thank a few people for their efforts for helping us with that and with the prize pack of course simon telford at street machine magazine they're supplying a uh, subscription and also a gift pack for the winner or winners i suppose because we're talking intergenerational um we've also got the folks at yellow terror who proudly and thankfully have come on board and donated some awesome guard covers and some great stickers we'll be seeing it out and of course damien Lowe uh, from low fabrication chubby he's actually donating also a gift pack as well so whoever wins this they're going to get some fantastic stuff hey like stuff that far exceeds anything we're going to try and put in our thong slappers gift bag. It's going to feel a bit lame, but
0: anyway, the, anyways, bag. the right.
1: thought that counts. So don't forget that. So Redman, I'll chat to you in episode twenty-four, part two.
0: No worries, Simon. Thanks very much. Something I've had a bit of feedback from was uh, when we thanked everybody in the last one. What I'm going to do is that's my homework. I'm going to write down about 50 people to thank you because there's honestly there's four thousand people I need to thank. There's definitely 50 people definitely that we need to thank. Uh, it's been fun. It's so much fun.
1: It is big time. All right, mate. I'll chat to you in part two. Cheers, mate. No worries. See love, you. Have a good Christmas. Love the
0: family, mate. Cheers.
1: Likewise. See you, mate. See ya.